Welcome to the Remote First Podcast. Every week we invite guests from large or innovative companies to share their insights on enabling an equitable and distributed workplace experience. I'm your host, Daphne Laforet. Hi everyone, this week I am with Leah Sutton, Senior Vice President, Global HR at Elastic. Elastic is a distributed company of over 2,000 employees around the world who also include offices in their way of working. So I'm really looking forward to hear more about uh, everything, Leah. So thank you for joining us today. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. And first and foremost, for those who don't know Elastic as a company, can you maybe give a bit of an explanation of what the company is in the sentence or two? Sure. So Elastic is a software company, and we'd like to say that we are distributed by design. So we have folks all over the world. And from a product perspective, we're a search company. So we have a set of products that enable companies to find, use, analyze, and answer problems in a wide variety of ways. So it comes in at several, you know, whether it's security or observability or enterprise search, uh, we've got tools that companies all over the world in all different sectors, all different types of companies use. And I like to say, I would explain it to my grandma by saying, if you, you know, I'll probably not use Wikipedia with my grandma, but maybe my dad, <laughs> you know, if you go to Wikipedia and do a search, we have, we help power that. If you are in an Uber and trying to get a ride, we help optimize, you know, the data that comes back to you. Um, if you're swiping left or right on Tinder, we help with that as well. So it's in a wide variety. And if you're a bank and you're looking for fraud, it's got a wide, wide variety of use cases. Um, mm. Recently, the Mars, you know, the Mars helicopter, we were, they were crunching data through Elasticsearch. So, you know, we were part of that mission to Mars. So there's a lot of, a lot of amazing different things that Elastic can do for you. Wow. That's so fun to be working for a company like that. It's just like everything that you touch every day, Elastic is there. Exactly. It's very, it's very inspiring. It's it's one of those companies many people have never heard of from a software perspective, but they've probably used on a daily basis. Yeah. And actually that's something that I, a reason why we wanted to bring you in also is that I've been knowing Elastic for many years as a company that was, you know, always been distributed or always been hybrid, you know, who had offices and also working in a distributed way, but you guys are not like that vocal about it. It's not like it's part of the marketing um, aspect of the company that much. So we don't hear about it that much, but you're, you guys are a really, really good example of what hybrid should look like. And that's why I really wanted to have you on. So I'd love you to maybe share a bit more how the workforce look like a little bit yeah, elastic. Absolutely. So I think one of the things that's really interesting, particularly in light of the, you know, the past year with everyone having to go and work from home, Um, with Mm -hmm. the pandemic is for, for us, the pivot to totally working from home was perhaps less difficult in, in that we've always been distributed by design. And one of the things, you know, when we talk about that, a lot of companies will say they're, you know, they're remote first or they're, you know, they're a remote company. And we've always, we've used distributed versus remote because remote implies that you were, you were remote from something like a headquarters, Mm -hmm. a mothership, however you want to call it. Whereas for us, while we do have bigger offices in Mountain View and Amsterdam, we don't really necessarily talk about it as a headquarters in the same in the same way that you know other companies do. So we have folks that are working in an office, maybe a day or two a week, maybe three four days a week. Um, we have people that work from home, from a cafe, from the beach, wherever they are. So, but we've always had that, right? We've always had this very, um, I would say, broad view what, what people are calling hybrid now, of what distributed work looks like. And ultimately, we want people to be working in the place that that suits them best and where they can do their best work. And you were saying like two days a week, some people have two days a week, so three days a week. There's a lot of this discussion at the moment of like, yeah, what's you know, it, what should it be? Like, yeah, yeah. People are like hybrid is two days a week, three days a week. And then I have difficulty with that description because to me, 
it doesn't necessarily mean that if you open up remote just three days a week instead of you know that you're considered hybrid to me this is like a binary uh yeah a lot of companies look at it in in a much more binary way and i think for us it's just about again, it's the, it's the, where can you do your best work? And some people may not have a home situation that is amenable. You know, you live in an apartment with several roommates, you've got small children at home, you've got noisy pets, like I have in the background, whatever, whatever that may be that an office is, is, you know, a better place for you to work. Or if you're in a country where, you know, I think about in Japan, it's, it's not as common for people to work from home because living quarters tend to be small. You might have a multi-generational situation at home. And so how do you make sure that you're accommodating all types of ways of working. And that that's really been our approach, you know, really from the beginning. So it's interesting as we've, as there've been tags put in these things and they've been defined like, oh, this is hybrid work, or this is remote working. Mm-hmm. Like we've, it's just been how we work right now. It's getting defined, I think by the world. And we're like, oh, interesting. Let, let's figure out how we have a voice there and how we play in that, in that new kind of world order in terms of ways of working. Mm. I like that you say distributed by design because it's much more about the way we are working and the processes than actually like where it is or like um, the office or the home office or Mm -hmm. whatever, those who have the the luck to be in these exotic locations. Yeah. (laughs) But so what does it mean culturally when you say distributed by design, what are you meaning by that? What does it mean, you know, really in the processes or the way of working. Sure. So, so for example, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of companies might have, you know, they say, Hey, we're distributed. We have people all over the world, but they may have intact teams. So for example, they might have an engineering team that sits in, that sits in Austin or in Bangalore or in, you know, Paris, wherever that might be. Our engineering teams are probably our most distributed teams. And by that, I mean, they're not working in offices. They're not co-located together in the same place might be happenstance that we hire a couple people that live in the same city, but that's not how we're going about our hiring. Now we also have teams like our inside sales team where we're looking at more, uh, more of a hub model. So mm-hmm. we're hiring a larger group of people in a location where they're probably going to be in the office, you know, three to four days a week. Um, and that's by design also. So we think about it in terms of the kind of work, the kind of team and how, how we approach it. So it's not a one, it's also not a one size fits all which I think is, is something that companies are thinking a lot about. It's like, what are the kinds of teams and how do they work? And so for our engineers, you know, that are working in a very asynchronous way, that model might work very well for a sales team that we want them, you know, we want them interacting perhaps with their sales rep or with their solutions engineer. Like it, it makes more sense to have them co-located. Uh, but typically it's, it's really bad. And I use my HR team as the example, like I don't, you know, even my leadership team, there's, there's one other person in the Bay area, but I've got someone in Bend, someone in outside of Philly, someone in the UK, someone in Arizona, you know, it's, it's, we don't need to be in the same place. And so thinking about where's the next best place for you to hire, it's, it's less about location. Now, the caveat to that is like, if you have a team and you're all spread across, let's say four or five time zones, hiring someone that's then, you know, five time zones away from the next closest person, doesn't create an optimal working experience. So really thinking about what does it look like for the team and what's the best way for them to work together uh, or distributed, right? And so I think that that's been, I think an interesting model that companies are looking at to say, hey, wow, we're gonna say now people can work wherever they want. But if you if you haven't been doing that in sort of a, a thoughtful kind of step-by-step way, we're like, okay, we understand that this team is distributed, the next person we hire, we wanna make sure they're in a reasonable time zone. 
But the ways of working on that team are something that teams also sort of establish to say, hey, we always work async in a Google Doc. You know, we have a we have a, a team meeting once a week. So I think establishing kind of what your cadence and rules of the road, if you will, for working on your particular team in a distributed manner are. It's not to say that there's a one size fits all because there's just not. And I think that's, you know, that sort of plays out in how our teams work around the world. So does it does that mean that certain teams are not considered remote or distributed in terms of the classic description of wherever you are, wherever you want, you still have to work in office for the sales team, for example. Yeah. Um, so yes and no. So we'd like to say everyone is distributed. It's just a matter of like where you show up, right? Because people are all over the place. And so some some teams for them, it's it's a more efficient, more effective, efficient way of working to be together a couple of days a week in an office, right? For mm -hmm. other teams, they don't necessarily need that. So we also aren't saying like try, trying to be thoughtful about how we approach that, right? Because there isn't, you know, you don't want to get into the place where you hire someone. They're like, wait, I thought I was distributed and I could work wherever I want. Well, like, no, specifically mm -hmm. for this role, like this role is going to be, you know, if you're an office manager saying that yeah, you're going to work office. from home, you, you <laughs> yeah, need yeah, to yeah, be in the office, of right? So, you know, so you think about it both from a role-based and a team-based perspective. And I think that's, you know, that's in, in conversations with a lot of peers, like that's definitely how they're thinking about it as well. And if everyone is located in an office and then you've got an outlier who's located, you know, six time zones away, again, the experience for that person is not going to be a great experience. So how do you think about what the dynamic of the team as a whole is going to be and how that plays into your location from a team perspective? Yeah. So when you say like working in a hub perspective mm -hmm. is, It could still be people are based in the U.S. or they are all in the same time zones, but yeah. you know maybe some of them decide to work close to where the office hub is. That's right. But then other ones are not, but they're still in the same time zone, and you need them to be the same time zone for yeah. the work to be done for the work like efficiently. Yeah. yeah, and I think there's, you know, we try to create maximum flexibility kind of for that for that model. Um, And also, you know, being, being cognizant of like, it's hard because, you know, when you have an around the, you know, we, we're in 40 countries, right? So I think we span probably 18 different time zones. It's literally impossible to find a time that will work for everyone. Mm -hmm. So we record everything. We're very thoughtful about like, Hey, for team meetings, you know, one week, it's going to be early morning the next week, maybe it's going to be late in the day. So we, we're, we're not always handicapping the same group of people in terms of how they are able to participate um, on, you know, on a team meeting. But that, that becomes very difficult, right? Because it's never, it's never perfectly equitable for everyone from a time zone perspective when you're, when you're trying to do company-wide things, for example. Uh, and that, I think that, you know, that's a, a challenge and it's not, you know, there's a lot of things you can hack. Time zones aren't one of them. So being very conscientious about how do you you know, how do you think about that impact on your team? I really like that you are talking about the importance of leveraging time zone because, you know, there's a lot of discussion about working asynchronously mm -hmm. and then having the perfect setup, which means you could be completely time zone agnostic. And yes, there is, you know, a way to make some of it working, which was probably like in engineering, there is a bit more of that. Yeah. But there is definitely a need for some team to be at least having some time in the same time zone to be able to be in real time discussing Overlap. once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> I, I totally agree. I mean, it's, you know, it, and listen, I, you know, philosophically people take different stances on that, but I think the, <laughs> I think if there's one thing we've learned this year, it's that connection matters and, yes. and people, you know, it, it mattered before, but I think people are really feeling that I haven't 
I haven't been able to interact in person or I haven't. And even though we're distributed, you know, as a company, we would have team meetings where people would fly in from around the world. We'd have on, you know, new hire training, bringing all the new hires in. We did a global all hands where everyone came together. So that, that was part of the secret sauce that made the distributed piece work really well. Cause you still had those opportunities, you know, once or twice a year to connect in person, right. Have that more, mm-hmm. more intimate gathering. And, you know, I think everyone's really feeling that, right. It's, it's not, it's not the same, right. It's, you know, mm-hmm. I see you on zoom. That's great. Uh, but it's not the same as being able to sit down and have a cup of coffee, give you a hug, have a beer, whatever it is. Right. So oh my God, hugs. I know hugs. <laughs> they're coming. They're coming. It's so exciting when you work in a remote company, like when I experienced that before and I, I see it is that when you came come all together, it's like you go to a convention. It's just like a big conference that you, you join and the energy you get from going yeah. to these big events and have tons yeah. of people around and then everybody's exciting to excited to finally see like how tall the person is or like that's right <laughs> I'm actually but, very tall and people get quite shocked by that when they have a oh, really? person yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny like yeah me too I mean I I mean I'm not tall but I'm like I don't know small or whatever yeah. <laughs> like average size but it's uh, it's just funny to finally see people in person and then have like a bit of a real vibe of that person that you yeah. only see behind the screen and these remote companies that have been doing it for a long time do need that time and it does it's not true that you will go 100% remote and never see ever 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 your teammates like that's not healthy I, I, I agree I mean I mean I, again philosophically people might disagree with that but I, I do think that there is something that is invaluable and intangible that comes from that in-person connection. Right. And even if it's not often, um, it's missed. And I think we're, you know, I think we at Elastic are, are definitely missing that right now, even though we've mm. worked really hard to stay connected, there's just, you know, it's, and it's also lonely. I think that that's the other piece of it is when someone is, you know, that they know that they're going to have that opportunity once a year, twice a year, um, to see people in person and not having that, like it, it can feel very isolating. And I think for, for a lot of people this year has been quite isolating in that way that, you know, I suspect that we'll see more usage of our offices when they open back up than we did before. Simply it's not about the meeting. It's about the, you know, like, I just, I want to see my colleagues, right. I want to hear how things are going. I want to know what's going on with people. And it's just not the same. Like, it, yeah, we can sit and have a glass of, of wine over zoom, but somehow it's just, it's different, right. It's, <laughs> it's yeah, you know, right. It's, it's not, it's not the same. It's not the Actually, same. Yeah. I guess that we will see when all the open the offices are reopening, we will see a huge amount of people going. People will be like, nobody wants to do remote anymore. Everybody goes to the office right. and they won't really think about the fact that people actually just need connection. They've been missing yes. each other. They've totally. been wanting to. So I wouldn't, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if you see like studies coming out and people say like, I love the office. I want to stay here forever. Right. And then four Give months later, months. Yeah. Yeah, and then <laughs> four months later, it's like, I'm out of the office, like, why do I have to go there? And then, because there's so many studies coming out at the moment about, you know, we're living in a crisis and things are changing so fast that the numbers we see, it's just always having an yeah. evolution all the time. So, well, and I, I heard, just, I don't, I don't know, and maybe it was when we were chatting earlier this week, but had a conversation with someone about there's going to be this, you know, sort of back to the office. And I think that the other thing that people don't have right now is a break, right? I get up, I go to my desk. I'm here all day. Like there's no reason mm-hmm. for me not to be here. Um, and you know, I think when the pandemic starts like, Oh, great. You've got that break from your commute and you know, you're saving, you know, for me, the commute's quite long. It's like, great. I'm saving that time. Well, 
the truth of it is, I don't think people are actually using that hour and a half that they're saving to exercise or to spend time with it. Like they're just no. working, they're working more. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what we've seen is like productivity is up. I'm like, yes, because people <laughs> I was are about to say that hours working. <laughs> Um, so you don't have that natural break. And I think there, there's something about like, I hate a commute. I don't look forward to it, but you know, kind of nice to listen to a podcast or a book on tape in the car that I don't, I don't do that now. Right. Um, now I don't also anticipate that I'll go back to want to be in an office five days a week, but there's, there's a balance to be struck. And I think that's what we'll, yeah. you know, it's going to shake out over the next year to see you know, how does this evolve? What does this look like? And how, more importantly, like, how do people feel? Right. And what, what ultimately will work best for them. So there'll probably be an overcorrection, but then it sort of settles into, I think largely where we were before at Elastic, which is people are going to work. We want to support them working in the way and the place that works best for them. Hey there, just taking a few seconds to mention our sponsor, Remotive.io, who is an awesome supporter for this podcast. Since 2014, Remotive is helping top distributed companies hire remote workers. Going remote has opened your company to the world, so Going Remotive will channel your jobs to the best talents out there. You like the podcast so far? You can now subscribe and visit our new website, remotefirst.fm, where you can find all links, show notes, and resources for each episode. And if you found value in this show, we'd love your rating on your listening app of choice. And now let's get back to the show. And you were saying, you talk about the going back to the office and I guess you have a plan, you know, in mind for reopening up. We do. I guess because you already did that before, what is the planning looking like if you take away the pandemic related planning? Does it change anything? I, I think that it's still, I mean, for us, what we think about is where, so for example, most typically when we, when we start an office, like a new office, it's, it's around a sales center. Mm -hmm. So we have a, you know, there's a, you know, let's say in, in Madrid, it's like, Hey, we've got a sales leader. We've got salespeople coming in. They want to have an office. So we wait till there's kind of a critical mass. Um, and then we'll do a small co-working space. So we'll, we'll get, a, mm. you know, rent a series of offices and maybe a conference room. All right. So there's, we've got this continuum of you know, we've got people that are saying, Hey, I want co-working space. We live in a geographically contiguous area. So let's say it's Denver. We're going to find a space in Denver. Three or four people might come in. Then as we add people in that area, we might expand that space. And when we get to a certain capacity, it's like, Hey, it actually makes more sense for us to have, you know, to have it be our rented space versus, you know, co-working space, um, that, that we're using. So we've got kind of a, a sort of track that we go on in terms of that. So it's like, yep, we're actually going to hit 25 people, they all really, you know, we expect that they're going to be in the office X percent of time. That means it probably makes sense to do a lease space versus a, a co-working space. So that's been our model for a long time in terms of how do we assess where, you know, there's, there's always a request like, Hey, we really want to get an office in Munich, right? Well, how many people do we have there? How often do we think we'll use it? And then as we see that kind of capacity use grow, then we'll sort of shift our model from a, a co-working to a lease space. So we've got a mixture of those across the world. Okay. Do you see the, so when you, you start with a co-working space and you hire like a co-working space mm -hmm. area there, and when you move to having your own office, you're still having that kind of mindset of like, it should feel like, it should feel like a co-working space, which is very different than an office. Um, no. So I think one of the things, well, yes and no. I mean, I think we're trying to think about how people work. So mm -hmm. what we found is rather than having everyone assigned desk, like it makes more sense to have hot desking where it's like, yep, I need to drop into a desk. But what we actually need are more phone booths or conference areas where people can collaborate or have mm -hmm. quiet space to have a call. So this idea of like the open office space, 
I think it's sort of come and gone and people are using spaces in a very different way, right? We're not going to mm-hmm. have, you know, it used to be cubicles, then it was the open office. And now I think it's, it's shifting back, back to, to a cubicle, <laughs> not, not even cubicle, but just more, a more hybrid where you've got, you know, like, yep, I need a desk to just do some work versus, yeah, I need to go make a phone call in a quiet space versus I need a space where I can collaborate with one person, two people, six, six people to, to have a conference room or a, a smaller office. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, you know, what we've done is just added more of those collaboration spaces and kind of quiet, you know, we've got these really cool phone booths that, you know, hold mm-hmm. one, one person. Yeah. So co-working space, the way they are designed is exactly made for, you have your place, you can go hot desk, sit down and do some work. You yeah. can collaborate people around you if you want. And then if you need to make a call, you can also go and get a phone booth and then that's right. make your call and, and have a bit of privacy. Some, yeah. some collaboration rooms, not that many, mostly yeah. around the fact that you can do it in a community. And that's right. I'm wondering if, the workplace would, would actually change towards instead we will not have lower real estate but we'll actually start having much more real estate but in smaller uh, size basically. it's 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 totally possible i mean i think there's some really interesting things i mean i think what dropbox did is super interesting right they said our offices are now they're not for individual work they're for collaboration right so they've redesigned mm-hmm. it to, to really be focused on that and i think for us what we're looking for again is that what's the maximum flexibility right because we understand people don't Typically, if you go to an office, you're not just going there to sit at a desk all day, right? You mm-hmm. could do that. You could maybe do that at home. You could do that elsewhere, but it's because you want to collaborate because you need these different spaces. And so I think we've, and we also try to make our offices, our lease offices look, you know, look and feel like elastic. So we've got these really cool murals that are reflective. Mm. They feel like elastic, but they're also really reflective of the, you know, the city in which the space is. So they're, you know, the, the one in Amsterdam is, you know, it's got people on bicycles and it's got all the kind of famous landmarks and the one in Singapore is similar. Like they're just, they're super cool and they feel very elastic. And so making sure that we are also, whether those spaces are big or small, making them feel like, yep, I know I'm, and I mean, if you go to a big company, you go to a Google office or Facebook, like it, you know, what company you're at, right. It feels very similar. Mm -hmm. So trying to have that same kind of look and feel. Um, but also when people start, you know, making sure they have a poster about elastic, like giving people things that they can sort of make their own home office or their own space feel like an elastic space is, is something that's really important. I was about to move on to this. I was like, yeah. how do you do that for that person who is in their own home or their own workspace to make them feel like they are like belonging to the elastic brand yeah. in a way? How do you do We've that? got these really, we've developed, we've got a whole series of really cool or, you know, a very design forward company, really cool posters that people can get for their office, like elastic posters. Um, and then obviously swag, but I think that's, those are the things. And, you know, even now it's like virtual backgrounds, all these things that, you know, make you feel like you are part of something bigger than just, you know, sitting in your little, your little space at home. And you see a difference. So when you have a team that is a bit in office, a bit remote, did you see any challenges there where it was maybe having some disconnect sometime with those who actually, end up actually being most of the time in the office because this is where they like to work and they end up hanging out a lot together, collaborating more together. Does it make a difference that, or it probably does, but I want to hear more about like the challenges or the, the, the feelings you've had about this. Yeah. I mean, it, it can always be hard if, if everyone's in one spot and one person's not, but I think one of the, one of the sort of tips and tricks, like we started doing this at the leadership level too. Like, even if we were in an office for a Tuesday leadership call, and four of us were in office and two people weren't, we would all be on our own Zooms. So you're all on a screen, right? You all, you know, cause the experience is like, listen, if you're in a conference room and someone's, you've got these side conversations or someone's laughing, the person who's on the Zoom on the, on the screen, like they have a hard time interacting and 
having that same experience. So I think that was a, you know, I think the engineers have been doing that for a long time. It's like, let's just, we're all going to be on our own zoom screen for these meetings. And if there, if there's someone who's not with us physically, right. To create an equivalent experience for the, for the, for everyone on that call. And I think that, you know, we, we were doing that for a long time pre-pandemic and now that's just kind of how it is. Uh, but I do think it, you know, it can be challenging. Like, I'm not going to pretend it, it, it's not, I was, it doesn't always feel the same if you're, if, if your five colleagues are in an office and you're remote from that, you know, like far away from that place. Um, but I think we're, we're quite thoughtful in making sure that we are trying to create as much of an equivalent experience as we can. It's not perfect. I don't think there's a way mm -hmm. to make that perfect. And what would that, what would be the things or the challenges that you don't think you think it's not perfect or you think that it's like, it could be better. Like what are these kind of things that comes to your mind or like that you see the images in your head? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you know, you try to create that virtual water cooler, right? That, you know, so we have mm. literally have a Slack channel called water cooler, um, but things, you know, if you, if you are in the office and you bump into someone and you happen to have a conversation or you're in a meeting, it's like, oh yeah. And then you get off the meeting and the, the person that was on the zoom isn't there. And then they're like, oh, there's this other one, one other thing. Like, you know, there's these moments that happen, right. Where everyone's not mm. together or everyone's not in the same conversation. And I think those are where, you know, if you're not thoughtful about it, then you have that person say, wait, what, I don't remember talking about that. When did that happen? Like I wasn't mm. in that conversation. Right. So making sure you're very thoughtful about, Hey, decisions get made in the room. We, we communicate that like we write it down, we communicate it out. We all stick to that. So having, I think some just thoughtful process around, you know, how do you both make and communicate decisions and then follow up on things. Right. So people are included. And I think that that idea of inclusion is, is one that's really important, but also one that you have to, I think, be very mindful and thoughtful about. It doesn't just happen. Mm. You mentioned also that the leadership team is also distributed or mm -hmm. also mostly distributed. Yes. And this is a point that we hear and talk about a lot at the moment where if you want to make sure that the team is going to be distributed by design, remote first, digital yes. first, whatever you call you it, say it. Yep. you must make sure that the leadership team is distributed first. So how has it been for you? Like, yeah. uh, how has been the experience to have like most of the leadership team um, remote? I mean, so when I was joining Elastic, you know, five plus years ago, like that was a real big question for me because my, you know, the CEO at the time, Stephen, was in the Netherlands, and I hadn't ever worked for someone who was not where I was. Um, so it, it, you know, it takes a bit of getting used to, but then it, then it just was like second nature and. You know, there was a point when, and, and even now a good deal of our senior leadership team is in the Bay area, you know, but shy, you know, shy is in Israel. And so, you know, I'm in the Bay, sometimes I'm in Tahoe, we've got people, you know, people have traveled, our general counsel lives in Wyoming, you know, there's, there's, mm -hmm. we've just worked this way for a long time. And so I think you just get accustomed to, you know, we're on, we're on calls a lot. We're on the phone a lot. We stay connected. Um, but it just becomes a part of how you work. Now, I, I will say, I think it's been less you know, people might feel like things are more US centric and that really comes down to time zones because it's like, Hey, we do our, you know, we do a company all hands call and it's at AM. So it's, you know, it's great for the Americas and for EMEA, but it's never good for Asia Pacific Japan. Right. So mm -hmm. how do you think about key meetings, not necessarily at the company level, but at the functional level where you've got a big global function that you're, you're rotating that. So you're not always, and I mentioned this earlier, like it, it, you, you don't always have to be the team or the person listening to the recording. You can mm -hmm. actually be on the call when it's happening live, right? Because there is something that gets, you know, could get missed 
in that. But I, you know, I think we are pretty accustomed to like, listen, we record important calls. People are expected to listen to them. They do. And, and so, you know, on it goes, and that goes to that kind of that documentation and making sure things get captured. Like if it's recorded, then you've got, you know, you've got your documentation of it, but it's, it's definitely a different thing from a leadership perspective. Um, and, and again, I think for me, when I started building out my leadership team, I was like, yeah, I, I don't need folks to be here. That's not, that's not important. Cause I'm not like, even if they are, I'm not going to go to the office every day and they're not going to go right. to the office every day. So it's not like we're spending time in person on a regular basis. It's just, it's when we do get together, it's very thoughtful and mindful and uh, planned. When you say, you say you are a lot on calls, which is like what, you know, yeah. oftentimes leadership teams are just always in a meeting, trying to drive the company forward, coming together. I'm just imagining having like many different time zones. If, even if they were in Asia, which would be yeah. like, actually, I think, I don't know if it would be workable if like one of your leadership team member was in a completely different time zone. You still have to stay, yeah, like um, Europe, EMEA, and then um, yeah. the US. It's not easy, but we figure, you know, you figure it out. And <laughs> it's like, well, today I'm going to get up at, I just realized that like I'm on a conference. I'm like, well, I'm going to be up at 3 a.m. to be on that conference, <laughs> like three to five, and then maybe take a little nap. And, you know, you, 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 you still do that. I was wondering. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, on occasion, it's just, it's what it requires. Right. So I think there's just a understanding that sometimes it's going to be, you know, I do a lot of early morning calls, right. And sometimes mm -hmm. I do late, late at night calls and that's just, you know, but I think at the leadership level, like it doesn't bother me. because I feel like that's sort of the expectation, right. I I've got a big global team. And so it's going to mm. require, require those kind of, you know, time zones. Right. Um, right. but I think for, for, for smaller teams and, you know, smaller chunks of it being really mindful about that is important because it, it is tiring, right? There is a, there's a toll that, that it takes. Mm -hmm. Oh, I definitely like the zoom fatigue that yeah, we're that's talking real. about is like, it's so, I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm really hoping that there is some solutions around that, or maybe there will be a, a new way of working, new collaboration where we started to hear more about like audio work mm -hmm. instead of working on video. I mean, and you have people were doing phone that? calls for a long time. Yeah. It's like, Hey, do we need to be on video? And, and we, we're, we've been telling people more and more, like, if you don't need to be on video, if you're not looking at a presentation, if you're not sharing data, like go for a walk, pick yeah. up the phone. And so it's, it's funny. Cause there's just like, you sort of forget because we're in like, Oh, I've got a zoom call. I'm like, but does it, it's kind of like the, does it need to be a meeting? Can it be an email? Does it need to be a zoom call? Can it be a phone call? Right. right. Having this, like asking that question and being, <laughs> being a little bit more considered about maybe that zoom call could have been like a 10 minute phone call and we didn't, you know, didn't need to see each other. because we weren't actually, um, so I, I see more and more people like, Hey, can we do a walking meeting or, you know, can I just, can I give you a call? I'm like, yeah, of course mm -hmm. I'd be happy to not be on zoom. because it's dreadful after a while. You have to like, you know, be presentable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say when I first started elastic and I was like, okay, I've got to make sure I got like, done my hair and put on something nice to wear. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to be on zoom all the time. So like, this is who I am. And my hair is going yeah. to go up in a bun and I'm going to put on my hoodie and so be it. <laughs> yeah. It's good. If you have like a hoodie from elastic, then you're yeah, your own right. brand my, exactly. and you can be relaxed. That's so right. that's great. <laughs> um, and if we move towards just a bit of like inspiring other companies or like um, maybe warning other companies, um, what do you think would be the most challenging for companies right now who are saying like, yeah, we want to go remote or we want to go hybrid actually and have like a few days a week or whatever, how they are wanting to adjust it. What's your, your take on that? 
Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the one thing I would say is like, don't assume just because you made it work for the last year that it's, you know, going to work for you long-term. Um, cause I think there are, there are some people that genuinely prefer to be in an office and I, I totally get that or, or had to be in an office cause that's how the company was, but then genuinely prefer to be working from home. Right. So I think, I think for some people, it was the, the wake up of like, actually, this is a better way to work for me. Um, or reinforce, like, actually, no, I really do need to be in an office. And, you know, I think as companies, they're going to have to navigate that and, and think about it, what it, what it means from a team structure. And like, what if you decide philosophically, like, yep, we're going to be an office-based company, but now you've got people that have really set themselves up to work from home. You know, I think there's going to be attrition. I think we're seeing a lot of, I mean, the market is really hot from a job perspective right now. Mm -hmm. So folks are going to seek out what works best for them. Um, because, you know, they're, I think they're feeling a little more confident about, about the economy, about what's, what's going on, like feels a little bit safer to make a, a job move right now. Um, mm -hmm. so it's just, it's being really clear with your, with your people about this is, this is what it's going to look like for us. Like philosophically, this is what we're going to do. Um, and then make sure that there are avenues for people that don't align to that, to, you know, to have a discussion, whether it's with their manager or, you know, however that looks to say, yep, actually we're going to, we're going to work in this way for a period of time, but we're going to transition out. And, you know, cause it, it's, it's like figure out what your game plan is and stick to it. Um, cause if you're making exceptions all over the board for people, the folks that you're, you know, that are in the office or are working industry, like it just, it's not going to feel equitable. So I think that becomes really, really challenging. And so I think that, you know, like, again, this is where I think we had an advantage because we don't have to think about post pandemic, like what's our, what's our working way of working philosophy going to be. It's just, it's going to be how it was. Right. So I think that, you know, that's a little bit easier, but I think just really being mindful about what what's going to work best for you. And you see a lot of companies that are doubling down on like, we're going to be an office-based company or, or doubling down and they're like, Hey, we're really going to be a hybrid model. And here's what that's going to look like. And putting out really thoughtful, like doing really thoughtful work about what that looks like. So I'm, I'm heartened by what I see companies doing, but I would say if you're, if you haven't taken the time to do the work, like now's the time to really think about what's, what's the right model for you and how do you want to both communicate and make that happen for your people? What do you think would be the mistakes they would do in that transition and saying like, okay, we're going hybrid. We're going to have like, we're going to offer both, or we might offer just like two days a week of remote. Mm -hmm. um, what are the, the mistakes you feel are coming? Yeah. I mean, I think it, it, a little bit about the, like making sure that teams that are mixed, right. So part of the team is going to be office-based part of the team is going to be home-based or Co-work wherever they're not in the same places where, where you've had intact teams and now you have distributed teams, making sure you think about what does equitable feel like for your team. So the whole like be have everyone be on the video when you're on Zoom, not on the big conference room table where it feels very different for mm -hmm. the people not in the conference room. Like just being mindful of the experience that people are having if they're not the team that is together. So if you've got, you know, if you've got kind of that mixed team, if everyone is distributed, that's a different story, right? You've been working that way. But I think where the friction comes is where teams feel like, oh, someone gets promoted faster because they're, in, and this is, this is not new, right? Oh, like they're in mm -hmm. the office. So they get more FaceTime or they're getting better opportunities because they're hearing about them because they only come up when people are chatting in the hallway or, mm -hmm. you know, the same, the same, frankly, the same pitfalls that were there before, but I think it's exacerbated now because, you know, people have been out, you know, out in the world working in a different way. And so making sure you're meeting people where there are, or, or being really clear about like, we can't, we can't meet you there. Um, you know, this is how it's going to be. And if that doesn't work for you, let's figure out a plan. Mm. 
Yeah, I think in the end, like the everybody was in office before most of the people, and then they were all in the same boat, and then everybody was remote. They were all in the same boat. It worked well because it was all like this. And when you move to we're going to, to do both, it's going to be extremely, extremely challenging. And I really think that the way that Elastic is doing and saying we're distributed by design is definitely the way to go. So like, <laughs> I think we feel pretty good. I mean, we've always felt pretty good about it, but it, it feels, you know, it, like I said, it's, it's not been easy for anyone this past year, but I think the, you know, the shift for us was perhaps less hard because again, we, you know, we had from an infrastructure perspective, we understood how to do it from an IT perspective. We understood how to, you know, versus like, gosh, we've got to get everyone a VPN and they don't have office equipment. And like, can they take a monitor from the office or not? Like we just, we didn't have some of those more ticky tacky problems that that companies ran into, but I think now, um, you know, hopefully we can continue to be a model for people and, you know, help people do their best work wherever they want to do it. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Leah, for uh, taking part of the podcast. It was so nice to have you. It's been great. Thank you for tuning in to Remote First. You can find all links and show notes in the episode description. And if you found value in this show, we'd love your rating on your listening app of choice. Thank you for being here. See you next time.